0: 104.7 The Cave, J.K.L.H., Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
1: We're getting a little bit of rain today, which is good because the yards need it. I know my yard needs it. It's uh, virtually dead in the back. The guy that comes to mow. It's just mowing dirt at this point, so he just didn't do it. So, that's my lawn. That's my lawn story. That's my weather story. I suppose you're wondering why I'm talking about that because I host a radio show with Ned Reynolds. It's called Ned Talk. It's not about lawns or weather. It's about sports.
2: How are you, Ned? This is not a weather show. How's your lawn? <laughs> well, I'm doing a televised game on Friday night with Scott Bales, and we're looking at the panoram- panoramic view of Hammondsfield. Mm-hmm. And the grass is so marvelously emerald green. Mm. I said, hey, Bales, you see that outfield right out there? That looks just like my front lawn. Not. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How are you, sir?
2: Great. Uh, I wish the, um, and this is not a weather show, but I wish these clouds would produce a little bit more rain. Too. But it's not going to. It's going to be very hot. But it is also summertime. It's also July. We have baseball. We had football in town. Last Thursday with the Chiefs coming in and our Chiefs rally. Had a lot to talk about. Yeah. A lot to talk. I'm the all-star game on Tuesday night. Sorry.
3: John Oliver's with us. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, the tumbleweeds in my yard are a bit <laughs> disturbing, so I've decided to do a little renovation and open a saloon on my property as well. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah.
1: All right. Okay, Corral, down by your house? Yeah. yeah, yeah why not? I, I mean, it's extra income. Yeah, whatever. Josh Roberts, what's going on with you?
4: I've I've had the grapes of wrath on repeat all week. Just so I'm in the mood for the dirt that is my yard. Sans sands of Iwo Jima. Sands you know, of Iwo Jima
1: going on. Yeah, I that, I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. We were having an interesting conversation before we went on the air, and I think that just kind of set the tone for how we were gonna open up the show today. Yes. But let's talk to uh, Ned Reynolds because he was our host for our Chiefs Happy Hour Thursday night. Tell us all about it, Ned.
2: I thought it went very well. We had it at the Blue Room Comedy Club downtown. Of course, comedy was—there was a level of comedy, but that wasn't the objective. Had Mitch, of course, Mitch us and Damon Hughes, who is his counterpart on the radio, is is a color analyst, mm-hmm. and it was a, a very good, I thought, a very good session. the The audience was very much into it. The governor was there, Governor mm-hmm. Parson, and we had we had just good dialogue. But uh, <laughs> this is the first time we've had two representatives mm-hmm. uh, from the organization. Mitch, of course, is the play by play man. Mitch is. My God, we're so much better than we were last. We're going all the way. Of course, the crowd's getting up, and that's what he's supposed to do. He's the tub thumper and all this, and everything is positive, and it's wonderful. (laughs) Danan is a former player. Yep. The Chiefs is the only team he ever played for. He also played pro baseball Mm -hmm. and loves baseball. He's in the Milwaukee Brewers system. Multi-talented athlete, but a wonderful storyteller, and his dialogue is great. <laughs> he's right in the in the position where he needs to be. He's a banker by profession, and that's okay. what he's doing now. But he does the Chiefs, and he's one of their ambassadors. He puts an altogether different light on things. Not that he's anti-Chiefs. He's not. Oh, no. Everything is good except, now, we've got to watch this and so forth and so on. Well, <laughs> we came down to a point I found it to be very interesting where Mitch says, boy, tomorrow, meaning Friday, mm-hmm. uh, is just going to be a big day. Because the Chiefs are going to probably ink Orlando Brown, and they really need him. He's going to sign his tender, which is what they call the Mm -hmm. uh, franchise player contract. And he's going to be around and blah, 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 blah. Well, 3 o'clock came along Friday, and he did not sign. That's right. Whoa. I thought, we need to get Mitch, I'm going to, but we need to get Mitch on the phone and find out a little bit more about what this. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what's going on here? Well, it turns out he did not sign. And that, of course, the only team he can play for is the Chiefs mm-hmm. for this year. And the reason he didn't sign is because it's an unrestricted, uh, I think that's how they term it, an unrestricted contract that allows him to become a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can do better than the money that and the length of time that the Chiefs were going to offer. So Brown can do two things. Play. For, he has to play for the Chiefs if he's going to play, mm-hmm. or unless the Chiefs trade him, mm-hmm. which they can do. Of course, he has to sign his contract, and then with the understanding, we're going to trade you, thus and such. Just say the uh, Buffalo Bills they want him, and they're going to. Um, we'll make a trade. Mm-hmm. the The stipulation under the NFL bylaws is that if they do trade the franchise player, you have to give up two first-round draft choices. first round? That is the mandate, two Mm -hmm. first-round. Oh, hold on here. I don't think we, two Mm first-rounders? I don't think we need to do that. Therefore, I think a trade is unlikely. Mm -hmm. I think he plays for the Chiefs this year. Mm -hmm. His salary will be Mm $16,700,000. Gang, that puts a few sandwiches on the table. Yes, Yes, it does. (laughs) It does, yes. And uh, then I think he probably declares free agency. I think that's probably the way it's going to go. He also has the option not to play at all. Mm-hmm. He could say, we am not going to be paid," but he does have that option. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Six-year
1: deal, what the Chiefs offered. That's I don't, what I don't that's that's know. What they were, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the bunny is. Did you hear the money?
2: <laughs> I did not, but obviously it was a lot. But he, uh, his agent, seems to think that they can do better. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: Wow. How the guys he- out
2: there? Brown is probably 25, 26, and mm-hmm. he's, he's a good player. Oh, absolutely. Although I will say last year, the Chiefs got him from the Baltimore Ravens, Oklahoma, All-America. Mm-hmm. And his dad played pro football with the Cleveland Browns. Remember him, Orlando Brown Sr. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Orlando Jr. is huge. He's uh, probably three thirty, three forty. Early in the season last year, he was getting whipped. Mm-hmm. Now, by being whipped, I mean there were guys running around him and getting to Patrick Mahomes. But toward the end of the season, that's Mahomes' blind side. Mm-hmm. Mahomes said it picked up greatly. He got a lot of protection. He felt like he uh, really could utilize him. And he will get that chance this year mm-hmm. if, in fact, uh, Brown decides he's going to play. Mm-hmm.
1: It yep. looks like 139 million dollars is what they offered, a 30 million dollars signing bonus, 95 millions over the first five years of the contract. So. Yeah, you're right. That does put a lot of sandwiches on the table.
2: I don't un- understand why, un- unless there's some kind of an internal disagreement with the team. They say, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Every- all the players get along and so forth and so on. But hey, that's a pretty doggone good that kind that of contract. Seems like a huge I'd salary. take
1: it. Yeah. 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 I'll sign for it today. Yeah. I'd take half of it.
2: When your agent says you're not going to sign it, though, you're not going to sign. That's right.
1: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports talk show. We are chatting about our Chiefs Happy Hour, which happened Thursday night, last Thursday night. You missed out if you didn't go. It was at the Blue Room Comedy Club. And what else, what other insights did you gain from Mitch and Dana being here?
2: The, uh, the fact that uh, Mitch had everything going great, mm-hmm. all positive, and again, and, and Dana is not portraying Dana is not doing that, but just mm-hmm. an altogether different viewpoint. I thought the audience was really into it. Good. And the governor is into it. He's a mm-hmm. he's a huge Chiefs fan. In fact, he told me before it all started, I want you guys to know this is one of my favorite times of the year. <laughs> and, wow. of course, he gets a big standing ovation and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And uh, we're not talking politics. So, of mm-hmm. course, that's going to be a, a favorite time. But Governor Parson is still very much into football and does know the mm-hmm. game. Okay, having said all that, what else did we really decide? Well, Holdus likes to think that without Tyreek Hill being in there, the Chiefs are, quote, a better receiving team. Uh And uh, Dana, I don't know whether they're better or not, but, but they're different. That's the key right there. They have some quality receivers, and you mentioned all three of the guys who are going to fit into the scheme of things. And they also mentioned Justin Ross. I have... I'm not sure about that one because he's been so injured over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. Can he avoid that? Well, we'll see. But the fact is that these guys can catch the ball. The big difference is not the downfield speed. Nobody's going to beat Tyreek Hill doing that, no. but the uh, the lateral movement. And Tyreek was pretty doggone good at that as mm-hmm. well. Can these guys, can they mimic that? I'll tell you who uh, the, t- the tight ends, the tight end players, are the ones who are going to Kelsey and uh, his, his backups. Mm-hmm. One, it's a kid from uh, uh, Oklahoma via Wichita, Kansas. like Bell. Bell. Yeah, Bell. 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 Kelsey and Bell are going to be the recipients of a different level of passing that Mahomes has because the tight ends are probably going to be utilized a whole lot more. That's a guess. I asked him, I also specifically said, these these preseason games, do they really mean anything? Is anybody going to win a spot? He said, oh, don't sell them short rentals. Those preseason games do mean a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, the starters, of course, they know pretty much that they're in there. But anybody who's on the bubble, no, they're very important. Mm -hmm. They've got, those guys have to put out every single day that they're here. I'm surprised
1: uh, Justin Ross is a guy who I've been touting as we've talked about this a little bit because I thought they got him on a nice cheap deal, signed him as an undrafted free agent. I know what you're saying, that he had a spinal fusion injury. that, that That's kind of scary, but still... If he's a guy that can come in and produce and mm-hmm. you've got him for next to nothing, that will be uh that will be a big help to the Kansas City. Well,
2: Chiefs. everything is an if. Yeah. Uh, I don't care who you are, there are always ifs that you can apply to anything. But in his case, I think the ifs are in uppercase letters because the Spinal Fusion is, that's a big red flag, and he's also coming off a year of being idle with a broken foot. Uh-huh. So, that, again, his rhythm, but apparently in the, in the camps, in the OTAs, he's been, he's been more than effective and shown the ability to do that. That's another item that I brought up. I said, now, Mitch, you're talking very positively about everything. Everything. Everything's good. What you haven't mentioned is in the OTAs, Jones and Clark were not there. Mm -hmm. and he he nodded his head, and he said, they weren't. Uh, Is that not uh, a bothersome factor to you? Well, Reynolds, let me tell you. (laughs) You know, the way... Mm -hmm. This... Jones, you mentioned Jones. He came in in the greatest condition I've ever seen, blah, 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 and so forth. He was quick, and he was right there. This is to the mandatory camp, which Clark did not show up to. Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't seen Clark, but he was... Officially dismissed from the practices because his wife had a child, but Jones was right there, and everything was everything was positive, and they're going to be all pros and all this sort of thing. Danon said. Well, you really do need those OTAs to keep him <laughs> sharp and be a, be a part of the team. So, again, you're running into differences of opinion and so forth and so on.
1: What was their take on the defensive changes that were made this they season? They liked them.
2: They both like the way the Chiefs have bulked up on defense. The Carlopters mm-hmm. kid, they feel, is going to play quite a bit. I think that, he's going to start right out of the box. I do, too. Let's see how you can, guys, because, after all, he is a rookie. He's played with Purdue, and he was a big star at Purdue, but the Purdue team wasn't all that great. They didn't make a bowl game and all that sort of thing. But I, I, I have to question going into a pro level of play, a guy coming out of college, can you do that right away at a top level?
1: ESPN's got him in the number one slot as the uh, depth chart for the team. Did they? How did they feel about Tyree Kill? What did they say about him and uh, the Honey Badger leaving the team?
2: Honey Badger's case, they felt like he had he had his best years. Mm-hmm. That he's probably can't repeat that. There was in in all, and I'm being very honest and a little surprised. Very little said about Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Very very little, other than the fact that he's gone. They did not put neither one of them put any credence in some of the comments that Hills had to make on oh. Facebook and all that sort no. of thing. Nor do I. Nor does anybody <laughs> else. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tua. To Vangaloa, however, he says his name better than Mahomes or more accurate than Mahomes. Whatever. Come on. What are you going to say when you're playing for the team? Bingo. Come on. That's, you're that's say just roll
4: it. tie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, any other big surprises? Anything else that you want to share with us that they mentioned during their visit here?
2: I don't think so. Other than the fact that they both, and of course, this is Danon's first time, but Mitch. Who had lost about twenty-five or thirty pounds? He's uh, he's a shadow of his former self. Uh, other than the fact that he said he really loves coming down here into into Chiefs country and being a part of a fan base that is not not they are forgiving of errors, but unforgiving when it's time to win the games. Uh-huh. They, he loves being a part of something that's pro Kansas City with everything. But no, no, no revelations of any sort. No. Yeah.
1: How was the dynamic in the room with Mitch and Dana? I mean, this is the first year that we've had, like you said, two people from
2: the chief's organization here to represent. What was that like? Really good questions. Good questions from the audience, and I mean incisive questions. Good. These are people who, hey, what's it like? to No, nothing like that at all. Wanted accurate descriptions of some of the individual's Wanted a good level of play calling. What's Andy Reid going to do in cases like this and that? What's the coaching staff? And the dialogue with those two was really good. Mike, the intern had um, a microphone that he went out in the audience and didn't come up to a mic. He took it to them. Oh, nice. So they were right there. And it was it was very well done, but their responses were very good. There was nothing nothing negative about what went on at all. It was good. all positive and pro, and, and you expected something like that. But they, all the answers were good, and they were solid. So everybody's ready. I think they were. A t- <laughs> Mitch does this little deal at the end of yeah. all of his... He he gets everybody together, and he has a countdown. Mm-hmm. All right, three, two, and they uh, they shout in mass, and it's loud with
0: touchdown,
2: and, and they all do it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if people are listening to us out on College Street right now, what the, what must they think is yeah, going on? on
1: you guys watching that XFL combine? That was- right, right. What they were thinking. Well, it was exciting good crowd there, I suppose. I
2: would say, I'm, I'm going to guess, I don't know what it sees, I'm maybe 300 or so, somewhere around there. I would say 200. Nice. Well, I, I don't know the official count, but I'm guessing it's about that.
1: And are you psyched up for football?
2: I'm a reporter, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop that. Stop it. I don't have emotional ties to oh, any he- team. Uh, whatever, whatever.
1: <laughs> Your nose know is growing, Pinocchio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: no, I can't. I can't really have it. But yeah, I'm, I'm anxious for football to to come into uh, the come into the uh, vogue. And but I'm a baseball fan as well. I'm not a. Ta- let me take that back. I'm not a fan. I'm a baseball reporter, and I like baseball. I'm a football reporter I like football, basketball, love all that. I was a little bit perturbed. When my buddy Phil Steele, who puts out the Phil Steele Football Magazine College, which is the best in the country, Mm -hmm. said, Reynolds, it'll be at Barnes & Noble on the 5th of July. Nope. Nope. 6th of July. Nope. 7th of July. Nope. Uh (laughs) 8th of July. Nope. One week ago, today... I went over. I'm going to give these folks one last chance. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you where I was, but it's a major mm-hmm. book uh, establishment here in town. I think town. you've already mentioned it. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it has the initials of B and N. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Anyway, I went in there. This is a true story. I went back to the magazine section that's not there, Ugh. and I am really Annoyed, annoyed. Okay. you know the word. I know I want sure. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so yeah. it just so happened there was a young girl, and she was sh- uh, shuffling through the magazines and replacing them. And I said, "Excuse me, miss. Do you do you work here?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, I'm looking for a specific magazine on football, and I can't find it here. And it's supposed to have been here three days ago. Do you have any idea?" She said, "Well, wait a minute. I just opened a package a few minutes ago." She went over to a windowsill on the front. There it was. Ah, there you (laughs) go. go. It had a happy ending. It did. And now I could go home and read in peace up at 2 or 3 in the morning. (laughs) Ned's trip to
1: the bookstore had a
2: happy ending. Yeah, (laughs) Did they pick Alabama to be number one? Uh, Yes. Course. He has Alabama one. He has Georgia two, I believe. No, he does not. I'm sorry. He has Ohio State two. Oh yeah. yeah. And Georgia three and Clemson four.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that sounds That's so surprising, different. isn't it? Yeah. So different than what it normally is. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm so excited for college football to stop hot it take. over there. Yeah, exactly. All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about baseball because the weather is warm and there's some surprising hot teams in
4: baseball.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: It is a very warm Sunday. We've got a slight break from the heat. The British Open is on the TV, and baseball is just about to take its midseason break. They're past the midseason slightly, but it is the midseason break of the All-Star Game, which is coming up on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of shuffling going on. Reminds me of the uh, Pro Bowl (laughs) right now, the way that those starters really don't mean anything because there's going to be a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different guys there. But let's talk about baseball at the midseason season point or just past the mid-season point, and I think the surprising thing that maybe the casual fan doesn't know is that there are two teams in the American League that are playing extremely well right now, and they're not names that trip off your tongue. The Baltimore Orioles and the Seattle Mariners, Seattle's 13 straight victories. Mm -hmm. Baltimore just had their 10-game winning streak snapped, and they uh, picked up and won a game
2: yesterday after their loss, so... Joe, the interesting thing about Seattle is that each year the pundits have looked at that team and looked at how they stack up on their rosters and said, this team's going to be a contender. And yet somehow, someway, they've begun to flame out as each year went on. This is not new. That team has a lot of talent with it. Uh, The fact that they are in contention right now, we're only a little bit beyond the halfway point. It's not significantly Uh beyond it. I want to see what they do in the second half of the season. The Orioles are a big story. Mm-hmm. They haven't uh, been publicized by anybody. Here's a team that's playing some baseball and some good baseball. And, and a franchise that has a pretty rich history to mm-hmm. it as well. So we're, uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot to go. In the National League, I, I'll tell you who is. They're, they're not contending, of course. But the Pittsburgh Pirates oh. have played a whole lot better yes. baseball <laughs> than I thought they were going to.
1: Pirates? Really? You want to you want to throw the pirates in there in this story?
2: They're not a contender, no. but they're going to be dangerous every time you play them. This is a team that has young talent. They're motivated, I think, by the fact that they're not getting any publicity at all or what exactly. publicity they get is bad. Now there are two other teams there, are the Cubs and the Reds who aren't very good at all. In fact I'll Aww. be very surprised if the Cardinals don't finish the if, the literal, not, I'm sorry, the figurative first half of the season today by sweeping Cincinnati. They've already won mm-hmm. the first two easily, and I suspect they'll win today as well. Cincinnati's just not very good. I know they came off a road trip in which they were playing well, but that's a mirage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh can play. Pittsburgh's been doing well. Again, not a contender, but they're going to be okay. Uh, In time, if everybody stays with the club. Mm -hmm. Do like that. The National League West is really going to be hard to beat because you have so many teams (laughs) in contention out there.
1: Well, a contention, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. Dodgers have a a nine-and-a-half game lead at this point in the season, Mm -hmm. and they have a 13-game lead over the Giants right now, so... Don't forget the wild cards. That's right. Yeah, I know, but how... I know the wild card, but and there's something to be said for that. But also too, when you're so far back at this point in the season, how do you motivate yourself for the second half? And I realize that the races are changing because there's more wild card teams, there's Mm -hmm. more teams involved, there's more strategy to how we. Is it that big a deal that we win the division?
2: What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, it isn't. That's just it. It uh-huh. is not a big deal if you win the division unless you're the top two teams because they get a bye. Does that mean anything? The third division winner plays one. plays the uh, wildcard team with the poorest record. There are three wildcard teams, and look how they break up, Joe. You've got the standings up there. They're all very close. Anything could happen. Uh, right now, it's, it's probably going to be a situation where the West – has two teams, and maybe the Cardinals or the Brewers, whoever doesn't win, uh, would sneak in there as the third team. But, mm-hmm. hey, Philadelphia is very much in the hunt. There are any number of possibilities that can happen in the final, we'd say 70 games remaining, something like that. Yeah.
1: Yes. American League East, every team is over 500 at this point. That's right. And it looks like every team but the Orioles would make the playoffs at this point. Mm-hmm. And the Orioles would be in second place in most of the other divisions. They'd be in second place in the National League Central. They'd be in the American League Central, and they'd be in third place In the American League West, the Orioles have played extremely well with some young talent. John, you wanted to talk about Seattle and
3: Baltimore. I did. And I'll even throw Pittsburgh in the mix just to kind of prove a point on this. Ned's already talked about it. No, 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 (laughs) no. So the consistent factor you're going to see with all three of these teams, and I will go to my grave saying this is what turns teams around. You have to have one certain combination. And that is veterans that have been kind of overlooked that want to make a statement And then the youth movement. You cannot underestimate the energy that young players bring to a team. In Seattle's case, everybody knows who Julio Rodriguez is now their center fielder. He looks a lot like a kid that came in in 1989 named Ken Griffey Jr. The guy can run, he hits for power, average, and is a fantastic defensive player. Then you look at guys like Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, Guys that fly under the radar that have been good veterans. That's what's turning that team around. Pittsburgh, the same way. Brian Reynolds is a great player. He has been for years. Michael Chavis... Ended up in Boston, got overlooked by Verdugo and the rest of that stack team. He's having a phenomenal season in Pittsburgh. Then you've got O'Neill Cruz, a six-seven shortstop that throws harder than anyone else in the majors right now. You've got Jack Zawinski, a kid that's 23, that has 13 home runs. Massive power from this kid. And then Ronzi Contreras in the starting rotation. They've got these guys that are going to be perennial all-stars. Then you look at the Orioles. One guy turned this around for the Orioles. Basically, the turnaround happened when Adley Rushman was promoted to the majors. He's a brilliant kid. He was the number one overall prospect before he got promoted. He's a catcher. He's got a great baseball mind. And now the power and the personality are starting to take over in Baltimore. And Kent comes from one of the traditional college powers in America, Oregon State. Exactly. And then on that team, too, you have guys like Ryan Mountcastle. Mountcastle is looking like a perennial all-star, but he's not the sexy choice compared to all the guys that get mentioned in Rookie of the Year voting and his young superstars. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Trey Mancini, these guys are all potential all-stars. It's a culture. When the culture changes, your fortune change.
1: That that division right there, the Yankees have a 13-game lead The difference between the Orioles and the second-place Tampa Bay Rays is just four games. Mm -hmm. And in between there is Boston and Toronto. So it's going to be an interesting race there because it does look like the American League East will dominate the American League again this year, and that the three wild card teams could possibly come all out of that division. Disappointing teams at this break, at this point in the break, I would have to say the Padres, even though they're playing well, still disappointing. They've never gelled.
3: They have and I think getting Tatis Jr. back when he is finally healthy will help tremendously. Um, their pitching is, you know, the names look good with Musgrove and Darvish and Clevenger. It just hasn't come together for them, and that's where they're really getting hit hard is in their pitching and their relief pitching.
1: Ned gave us a bunch of BS about being a reporter a little while back (laughs) and how he doesn't have a favorite team, but his Philadelphia Phillies have been playing pretty well. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Not bad, but they are not quite consistent enough to be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. They have—I'll tell you—who's been a disappointment is Castellanos to me. he, oh, has, yes. not, he has not hit as well, mm-hmm. and I think it's because of the rhythm, but also with the with the uh, absence of one of their key all-star individuals in there. That really does hurt them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll get him back, and maybe they reignite. But I don't perceive them as. Being a championship contender yet, mm-hmm. if everybody stays around and comes together and is healthy, we'll see what happens. But their pitching staff is a little bit on the shaky side, and mm-hmm. that that's going to hurt them.
1: Cardinals are a game back as we uh, approach the All Star break, and as Ned mentioned earlier, they're playing the Cubs. Can look for uh, or are they playing the Reds? The Reds. They're playing the Reds right, the Reds. right now. Hopefully look for a win there and in the break. You know, if Milwaukee loses, they could be tied for first place. Joe, so I think I'm break. right
2: on this. What I read, I think, is that the Cardinals uh, in the second half of the season play 48 of 60-some games against teams below 500. They do. They do. Well,
1: that's good wow. news. That's very, very good news. Well, let's kind of wrap up this segment by talking mm-hmm. about the uh, the big story in baseball right now, Juan Soto. He yes. was offered a gargantuan contract, and he mm-hmm. turned it down. What are your thoughts,
3: guys? Well, I read a story on this today from one of the uh, baseball writers out there I really respect, and I liked what he came up with. So he listed six teams that would be a fit for Soto now that the Nationals have a, you know, announced that they are open to trade offers. The interesting one on the list to me, it was the Usuals, you know, the Yankees, the Mets, those type of teams. The Cardinals were listed on there. And it got me to thinking, they do need a cornerstone guy like that there. (laughs) Yes, they do. They have a very good farm system with position players. But here's the problem. Soto coming would be great. I would embrace him in Cardinal Red the second he came. Folks, they need pitching. It's thin at all levels right now with St. Louis. And, you know, God forbid if they try to make a – trade with the Nationals, and they want some pitching, you are dooming yourself for the future.
2: What really bothers me about the fact the Cardinals will go to the market, they Uh have to, and probably a starting pitcher is what they are going to look for, number one, but I think they'd entertain a Juan Soto coming in. Uh But you've got four guys down here with the Springfield Cardinals who I do not want to go. The two pitchers... And then you have Jordan Walker and Mason Win, right. who played in the futures game yesterday,
1: and threw a hundred miles an ha- hour.
2: Was incredible for him.
1: Hundred miles an hour <laughs> on a play at shortstop, a ball hit to him. He threw the guy out at first base, and it was hundred and one point
2: three. Keep in mind, Ooh. he was drafted also as a pitcher. He's a two-way player. Yeah, he is. Ooh. He, he is really dynamite player, yes. and uh, Walker. While well, he doesn't hit a home run every time at bat, and he's really not your quintessential long ball hitter, he's just a hitter.
1: Yes. <laughs> Real quickly, but as we go into the break, guys, your take: Juan Soto, he would be rental, correct? Do the Cardinals have the money? Are they willing to spend the money that it would take to sign him to a long term deal? Don't know. Do not know. I'm hesitant. I think their
3: history says no. You know, they they really were enamored with Arenado, honestly, for five years before yeah. they finally got him. That was in the works. That was the worst kept secret in St. Louis as far as I'm concerned. I think they understand the generational talent that Soto is. And people can say he had a down first half. Well, he's batting 450 in the last 10 games. He's going to be okay. When you look at a guy like that, do they have the money, Joe? Yeah. Yes. But part of the problem with St. Louis, and I hate to say this, but it's true. The fan base is so supportive. Do they have the motivation to spend that money? Because we all know the seats are likely still going to be filled. I think they're motivated,
1: but I the history of that franchise, and I this is not knocking them at all. Mm-hmm. They have done a really good job of adding guys who are maybe on the downhill side of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say Arenado and Goldschmidt are those guys, but I, I think they're they're like monster video game number years <laughs> are past them. Right. But they're still very good, solid baseball players with around a lot of young talent. And they've they're not the Rays, but they're in kind of in that category mm-hmm. for me. And they've never been a team that's really broke the bank for anybody. And and I think mm-hmm. that says organizationally says a lot to, about them. I would personally, as a fan, not like them. To sign Juan Soto. I, I don't want him, you know, even the Yankees mentioned around him because they've got their own big young star to sign. That's right. him. So that's what I'm concerned about at this point. When we come back, we'll talk about a, well, just a basketball disaster yesterday. <laughs> Ned Talk.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. We
1: are doing Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, talking some sports. And the guys were uh, in the break saying, hey, what happened to that thing we used to do? And I said, "What thing?" <laughs> and they said, "You know, where we did the shot clock." And they said, "Oh yeah. Well, we had so much to talk about lately. We didn't. Uh, we've gone away from the shot clock, so we're going back to it now." And I will ask questions. These guys do not know the answer, or no, what, no, question, no, no, what no, questions What no. questions? They we, probably don't know the answer we either. Do know <laughs> the answers? <laughs> we hope we know the answer. Yeah, they. They. Well, okay. They. They probably do know the. They don't know the questions. They have to answer as quickly as they possibly can because we've we've got it on a shot clock for them. And you'll hear that as it uh, plays on the air. And my first question goes to Mr. Reynolds. And it looks like the British Open is over Mm -hmm. officially. So tell us about the British Open.
2: This is Cameron Smith, who has made a great comeback in this final round. Not surprising. The guy's a tremendous player from Australia and plays the PGA Tour on a regular basis and has really come on. This final round, the crowd favorite for the British Open was, of course, Rory McIlroy, and he had the lead. Actually, he was tied for the lead at the start with uh, Victor Hovland, who, although he is Norwegian, is really an American. He lives yeah. in Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> What's more American than that? Anyway, uh, this guy, Smith, has really come on and uh, is going to win it, I think, by one stroke. But that's a very nice cumber behind win, and it's the last of the year's major tournaments. Well, yeah, there he did it. Good job, man. And I beat under it. the horn. Wait yeah. a minute, did I beat the time? You yeah. did. I, I you, must have messed up somehow. You man. beat the time.
1: <laughs> the British Open is over. Cameron won. He, uh, Cameron, Cameron Smith, 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 everybody's checking for their wallets right now because he is from Australia. (laughs) So my wallet here, did he steal my wallet? Okay. Let's ask, uh, John Oliver a question yesterday. Mm -hmm. One of the, uh, bigger news stories was, uh, this thing called the drew league. (laughs) Nobody seems to know what it is, Mm -hmm. but, uh, one of the teams had a rounder showed up and his name was LeBron James. Your thoughts.
3: So, I I look at it from two perspectives. If I'm one of the guys on the opposing team, I'm like, come on. Because at that point, it really, really becomes comical. That's like a slow-pitch softball league bringing in, you know, Fernando Tatis to to play a game for them. Um I don't know how the Lakers are going to feel about that, honestly. I think that's a major liability issue for them. I don't know. I doubt they'll kick up much dust since it is LeBron James. The interesting part of this, and Joe and I, you've talked about this before we were on the air, is the fact that the team with LeBron James, he scored 42 points, only won by two. <laughs> so did LeBron make his opponents better? <laughs> Or did the other guys
4: just not try as hard?
3: That's right. Well, Kyrie Irving was
1: supposed to play in this thing, apparently, but decided not to show up. That doesn't sound like Kyrie <laughs> no, Irving, it's, does it? He's out of character. No, it doesn't sound like him <laughs> at all. Okay, so uh, Premier League is over right now, and my question that goes to uh, my good friend Josh Roberts is, Josh, is there anything in soccer right now that we should even remotely care about?
4: Well, they're gearing up for the World Cup in Qatar, So you should worry about all the players that are going to have heat stroke during this tournament. <laughs> they're playing all of them indoors, supposedly. But, man, it's going to be 115, 120 degrees outside on a daily basis there. But the World Cup's coming up. That's what you should get excited about. It's, it's the biggest, biggest soccer tournament in the it's all worldwide. You get to see all these players that you're never going to hear about otherwise. Uh, some of these guys, this is their ticket to get into the big leagues like the Premier League to get big contracts. So, you're going to see a lot of players that are showcasing their talent from Colombia.
1: So. There goes the shot clock. Let's <laughs> let, let's let's just talk about this for a second, though, because it, it, last week when we were doing the show, I came across a crawl set bladder who's the uh, head of FIFA. Um, and the most powerful guy in all of soccer, he was cleared of any corruption charges. Ah, that's comical. And, 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 of course, the whole thing with it being in Qatar, which is a country that most people had not even heard of until mm-hmm. they got the World Cup, yeah. was that you know all this money got funneled into some people's pockets for that. Mm-hmm. Your opinion, just the three of you, really quickly, no shot clock or anything else, is soccer the most corrupt sport that we have
2: right now? Corruption enters into it. I can't say it's the most corrupt. What's most
1: corrupt, do you think?
2: Oh, I boxing. Uh, boxing. Yeah. Still,
1: you think boxing's more boxing corrupt?
2: And, and, oh, you, and the UCF, maybe. I think a lot of that has corruption involved in it. But uh, soccer certainly fits that bill. I want to ask you, Josh, a real quick question. You mentioned the World Cup, and it is coming up in the fall. Mm-hmm. USA have a chance?
1: No. No. <laughs> Succinct.
4: Mm-hmm. No,
1: not not in hell. The US men's <laughs>
4: team is a minor league soccer club. Okay.
1: Unfortunately.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So what do you think, John? Most corrupt sport, soccer? I'd have to say boxing is up there, but still, I mean I'm with not... with money, yeah. corruption comes. And right now soccer is the most popular sport in the world by far. Yeah. And yes, it is the most corrupt.
4: What do you think? Oh yeah, well, because what he's saying is there's there is more money in professional soccer than any other sport. Probably mm-hmm. most of the other sports combined. Unfortunately, they pay so much money. That, well, I mean, when the Premier League got their TV contract to be on American television, it was a five billion dollar TV contract, and nobody watches it with a beat. except you. I, mean, I watch it. Um, so yes, I think it's still the most corrupt sport in the world, just because of the size of it. And they have made great strides. It's not as corrupt as it used to be. That's what's crazy. There used to be match-fixing all the time. And they've gotten the majority of that out from what you see. But then when you have these international competitions, it definitely creeps back in more than it should. k I mean, Katar? really? Oh, I Seriously? Look, the reason that the World Cup is where it is is because of how much money they're willing to shell out to to get. It. Honestly, it's like having it in Branson. Okay, I mean, it's pretty much that's that's the it's the same
1: as having it in Branson. Now, wait a
2: minute, have you Although, inter- have seen any of the uh, the v- visual panoramic shots of the big cities? They could in build Qatar? stuff
4: like that in Branson?
2: Uh, <laughs> no, this is, I think hey. there are more
4: billionaires in Qatar than in Branson. This uh, is this is oil know.
2: money, like you can't
3: believe oh, it's yeah. over there. Qatar, Qatar doesn't add banjos to the roofs of their structures.
1: <laughs> they might. There was they enough could. money. If yeah. Seth Blatter got enough money, sure, they'd yeah. be glad to do that. That guy needs to go to NBA, prison. most corrupt sport. Yeah, basketball.
3: No. As far I as the, pers- officials, professional
1: go. professional basketball. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I say. That's my choice. We come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll talk about what is going to be watched on TV today at our homes.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Why can't they have these major sporting events on American time? I don't understand <laughs> it. British Open's over. What am I going to watch this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Well, Yankees Red Sox are on this afternoon. What are you going to do?
2: Well, How about that? There is no Sunday night game tonight. Nope. For and the All-Star break. do you suppose that is? Mm-hmm. Because it is the first round of the Major League Baseball draft, and they want that TV time. It's being conducted. I'll tell you, the NFL has the greatest marketing uh, organization in the world, bar none. Look what they started with that the NFL draft. Now they're all doing it. Mm, Everybody's yeah. following that motif. And baseball has the first round tonight.
1: Really yes. interesting story. The first year that MLB Network televised the baseball draft, they weren't sure anybody would show up. And one player showed up for the draft. His name, Mike Trout.
2: Yep. He one. knew he was going to be number one. That's why.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was taking number one,
2: actually. No, he was taking the second round. He, yeah. The second round, Trout was?
3: Yeah, I'll have to dig up the scouting reports on him for you, Ned. Everything is very, they're like, mediocre player might last as a utility man on a team.
2: Who did the Angels take in the first round?
3: Uh, I know Gritchick
2: got, uh, got taken before him. Well, uh, the, uh, well it would have been, too, because uh, they were both down here with the Arkansas Travelers. Mm-hmm. Both played at Hammonds Field. We saw them, we being Scott Bales and I, and we have a this little game that we play, and we picked out both those guys as major league players. Mm-hmm. But it was Trout and Grichik, not Grichik and Trout. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what are you going to watch today, Ned? I, you know, in all honesty, I don't think anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, There's nothing go- that really is uh, overly appealing. The British Open has ended. Uh, I just don't think there's anything that really captures my attention.
1: going to sit around in a drunken stupor all afternoon? No,
2: no, (laughs) no, no. Chores to do number one, but over and above that, on Sundays, on Sundays I get a copy of the New York Times. Mm. And that is a week's worth of reading, guys. Mm, I mean, oh. there's every section in the world, and it is written well. Yes, it is. Ned Reynolds and the liberal media? My gosh. I get angry when I read it. Oh, okay. That's-
3: <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to watch, uh, John? I'm going to watch some of the draft tonight. Uh, I'm predicting Drew Jones, which is the son of Andrew Jones, former Andrew major Jones, leaguer. Really? Yeah, yeah, is going to be taken first. He's a phenomenal
2: player. Ooh, who so. has the first round? That's a good I question. Maybe Baltimore.
3: I think you may be right. Yeah. So I'm going to watch that. And then um, I may go back and see if I can watch the Futures game anywhere because I get, didn't get to see any of it live. I do want to drop a name for the Guardians George Valera made an outstanding catch yesterday. This dude's going to be a superstar.
1: What about you, Josh? Hmm. Definitely. So- soccer? <laughs> no, there's no soccer on. Today. Not going to watch the XFL Combine? No.
4: I. You know, <laughs> when you guys yesterday. talk about the drafts of all these sports, I, gosh, that's so boring. To me. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah I'd rather watch paint dry than watch yeah. a draft.
3: That's why I said background. I'm not Yeah. Gonna, I'm not wrapped attention.
4: Was, wasn't was the scouting report on Mike Trout that he was a bit of a stale fish? <laughs> Honk, wonk, wonk, wonk. Yep, so there's my sad trauma. Terrible. I'll Was be back <laughs> next week, folks. He has a rubber
3: chicken and a horn in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Did <laughs> you miss <laughs> me? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> nothing? You're nothing? Not gonna, nope. It's drunken stupor. Like I'm, that. Yep.
2: No, I'm going to get drunk and buy comic books He's going to read the New York Times The same as I do right Oh
4: no I don't read the news it's too depressing
1: I'm going to go home and finish Stranger Things I think that's what I'm going to do this afternoon So So I'm about midway through so I need to do it All right, guys We'll see you next week. If you uh, just missed the riveting conversation that we have, you can download it as a podcast through our website at oneoverthecave.com, wherever you get your podcast at. Or if you got one of those handy smartphones with an app on it, you can listen to it right there. We'll see you next Sunday at noon. Thanks to Corbin Campbell, Brian Tindall, Mike the Intern, and Nick Fury. Have a great week.